Hey, welcome back to Season 3 of Pigeonhole Hockey, a participating member of the Hockey Focus family of podcasts. This is Chris and today's co-host, Steve and Sam. How's it going, hockey fans? Good morning. And we don't claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. On this episode, we're going to be welcoming special guest, a forward for the USPHL San Diego Sabres, Nate Compton. Nate, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, also, I really love that intro. That was a lot of fun to listen to. I'm going to be honest here. <laughs> we it's do it fresh one. every time so we can screw it up if I need to. Ask, uh, uh, ask Jack I, I like Jones that, about that. I like one. that overzealous hockey fans. That was that was pretty good. <laughs> a little bit. I just dropped a, uh, a dramatic preview for the Western teams going to the USPHL Nationals about 30 minutes ago. And my wife looked at me. She's like, why so dramatic? I'm like, why not? I felt like a dramatic <laughs> they're going to nationals. But yeah, anyway, uh, people give that a look out on Instagram and Twitter. All right. To get us all started there, Nate, tell us a bit about yourself and your hockey life. Oh, so I am from Lakewood, California. I'm a righty. I'm 185, 510. <laughs> but uh, I, I grew up literally same house, Lakewood. But I always played at Artesia Ice Palace for uh, Quinn Carrion, Ronnie White. Those are like my two main coaches that I've had pretty much for my whole hockey career. My first years were shaky and squirts. I started when I was nine. I'm, I'm lucky because I had great parents. And uh, once I learned that I really wanted to play hockey, I uh, they took me to everything. And I went to like, I, I swear I skated five or six days a week, sometimes like three hours a day, just having fun. Like that's, that's really what it's all about. And from that, I just kept working and working for years. And I eventually got to where I am now, which is pretty confident in my hockey ability thankfully but you know you can always get better so so being california based because i'm one of the vocal people about this because it drives me nuts every time i hear about now non-traditional hockey markets what what was your influence to get into hockey at the at the age of nine? Oh, so when i was uh in preschool i had a buddy michael prestia who we did these like cross-eye scrimmages for fun and I didn't even remember I did these until my mom reminded me, like before the first tryout. So it was literally this. I'd never played hockey at all. I did those like few skates for fun. And then when I was nine, they're like, yo, we need kids for this team. And it was first year squirt. And so my mom's like, yo, Nate, you want to go try this out? Like, (laughs) we probably won't make the team. Well, she didn't say that, but you know what I mean? She basically said that, like, let's just just go for fun. That's what she said. That's the cool And and what's funny is I still remember how I skated. So let's say I was turning left. You know, you're supposed to lead with your left foot. I'd lead with my right foot and lean back into the right. So I'd fall over and over and over. I was dusty, like dust upon dust. I somehow made the team and my mom's like, do you want to play? And I'm like, let's go for it. Oh, that's really cool. So the, the cross ice hockey, I remember that we called it Timbits hockey back in Canada. When I was no, playing it that. wasn't mini mites. It wasn't, it wasn't mini even mites. mini. It wasn't mini. No, mites. no, it was, um, uh, coach German. And he was this Russian guy, and I think he played pretty high-level hockey, but he would do these skates just so kids could have fun. It had nothing to do with, like, sometimes he'd do passing, but, like, we'd end up just no goalies, just doing cross-ice for fun. we just have one of the kids sit in goal. It was just for, like, straight up us just laughing and having a good time. That's the best way to do it, though, to get kids into it, because if you do it too structured too early on, they just lose their interest in the sport. 
Um, your second one, though, that I've heard in the U.S., because this was somebody else based in Florida where they had this great Russian hockey coach. Actually, the one from Florida that I heard about, he was he was on their national team at one point. So one thing I'll give them credit for is great skating. That's for damn sure. Yeah, and it's not only a great skating, but it, it sounds like I, I like what Nate said right there when his mom's like, yo, Nate. And then the surprise was like skating. My mom said, yo, Chris, and uh, we got a surprise for you. And she drove me to the recruiter's office. To join the military. So I guess different different moms. Right is, that, is that a true story right there? It's a true story. I'm not lying. Uh, oh, really what happened. did you do? What, let's talk about it. I grew up in Buffalo. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there's, there's, a lot of, there's, there's a lot of whiskey, a lot of man crying, some bro hugs yeah. going on. Uh, we've been through there. But we won't rehash this right now. It'll be a little too traumatic for everybody. Oh, yeah. no. My pops, though, when I said I wanted to be attendee, yeah, he was he was thrilled. <laughs> Oh, I bet you he loved you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was he was hoping he had three boys. He was hoping just to pass down equipment from boy to boy to boy. And the middle one had to go and totally screw that straight up. Yeah, he loved That's it. pretty funny. That's pretty good. Yeah, my dad's like, you're never playing goalie. I'm like, I don't want to play goalie. No. <laughs> it's either it's the position either you want it or you don't. It's there's listen, no listen. Most people jump out of the way of a speeding bullet. All right. Let's, like you're just jumping in front of it. Like I'll do that with my I'd rather. So at the end of each season for wave, we used to switch up like we'd have our goalie skate out and players play goalie if they want to. And I did it one time when I was 16. No, 17. I was 17. And God, I hated it. I, I hate the skates. I hate putting the pads on. <laughs> the only good part about goalie gear is how easy it is to put your shoulder pads on because you literally just slide in and do like one buckle and like two straps. <laughs> and then and then my mom decided, hey, can you come play goalie for our beer league team? Oh, and oh, no, no, no. She little little, little dust. But I love my mom. So uh, no, I was, I was say, <laughs> shout out to team. my mom. Once again, yo, Nate. Do you want to go play hockey? But then I do this goalie thing. I just I'm not that bad, but I ain't that good. It's because I can catch and I and I'm pretty flexible. Anyway, sorry for cutting you off. Go for it. No, no, it's it's it, it's funny. As soon as you said the word beer league, I was like, oh geez, that was. I remember being 11 years old, <clears throat> and then grown ups wanted me because I couldn't find goalies. And most goalies hate you know shinny because there's zero defense and everybody's a hero. Oh yeah. You know, oh, yeah. there's pucks up by like I always say to people, I don't I'll stop a puck with any part of my body, a game that means something in oh, shinny. Yeah. If a dude's headhunting me, go for it, buddy. Top corner is all yours. <laughs> you know, yep. Yep. have out of there, hero, because I really don't care because I'd have guys walking in between the hash marks and winding up for a slap shot because there's no defense. I'm like, seriously, oh, yeah. you see you see this happen in hockey games all the time. Right. So. Yeah, so at 11 years old, I'd have guys doing that, uh, <laughs> and, and I still yeah. stayed in there for some stupid reason. But anyway, yeah, practice I, is practice. <laughs> yeah, practice with concussions was always wonderful. Oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> we called them dingers back then. You saw some stars; it wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, just a dinger. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. He's got a dinger. Look at him drooling on the ice. You over got there. some dents left in your head, but that's okay. <laughs> I think if you take x-rays, you'll still see a few of them. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, speaking of x-rays, I blocked the shot this year. Shout out Heath Goldsmith once again. You know, I blocked so many shots for him. He didn't have to pay $1,000, only like $700, I think. I don't know. But um, (laughs) 
you, you know he does that he does that charity thing where each city yeah, yeah, he donates charity, a dollar the, to um, cancer one at a time right yeah, yeah yeah so i blocked one shot for him i, I don't even know who it was against honestly it might have been san diego that's how ironic the shot came a little bit too far to the left of me i was skating up from the from the left wall and it's going behind me and i stick my leg backwards behind me because i'm going to the right and he's shooting technically parallel to the front of my body not tangent to it so i was facing to the side and it hit my shin and i swear to you guys i have a bump still there from that oh yeah turns out it turns out it calloused over because it, it probably got some like micro fractures or something but that oh that hurt speaking of dents <laughs> well now you can you can brag with us about all our goalie scars afterwards so well done <laughs> well done oh you guys are crazy so nate as you mentioned uh you played in the california wave program tell us about your experience developing in that program oh it was great the first few years were rocky first two years sorry were rocky because i sucked just terrible <laughs> so no, no no this is this is how bad i was okay and, and I'll get I'll get Quinn to send me some videos, but I would be standing there and like I did like two skating lessons a week, two stick times or stick pucks, whatever you guys want to call it. Then I have my practices, but I he'd be explaining a drill or he'd just be explaining something that we're going to do for skating and I'd fall like he'd turn around for one second. And then you just hear crash. And that's me on the floor laughing. And I had a super high pitched voice. I swear to God. It was just brutal. But then once I was like actually able to skate and once I, I just got a little bit better, I always became one of the one of the top few guys on the team. And it was just always a lot of fun because, you know, you, you get to be put out there during those moments where, like, you know, you, you have all the stress and you have all just everything's riding on you, you know. So that was always fun. But then honestly, it, it's just like the camaraderie at that program is so nice like the the parents don't create problems all the boys because it's like we have the ducks and the kings who always pull in the most people then you have wave which is like kind of like the people that don't want to play at either of those places you know for whatever reason and that that's kind of what wave is is that's what really brought us all together is because we hated those teams so much we wanted to win every single time <laughs> so uh so, so we're gonna break for this one quick question are you chomping at the bit for the ducks to get bedard oh dude i'm gonna be honest that'd be sick but i don't know if he would want that <laughs> do you think he prefers columbus like <laughs> honestly like Columbus, he he'd play good with johnny goudreau johnny goudreau is so unbelievably uh, high iq if, at hockey if Johnny stays in Columbus, I've heard he wants back in Calgary. Uh, I got no clue. I just know that after one year, he's so good. Yeah. Well, yeah. There was there was some talk about that. We'll get that. And Sam, I got something about the Sharks for you in a later episode, though. But you don't think <laughs> that he would want to play with Zegers? I mean, I guess because he's young, but uh, he, he might want to play with them. I mean, everybody wants to play with Zegers, but nobody wants to play for the Ducks. So. Yeah. The thing, you know, that I was looking at the Ducks though was because um, Timu Solani was really being vocal about it and of one thing i'll tell you guys is i met a lot of hockey players the finnish guys always seem to be the nicest i don't know if solani was pulling for me pretty hard i'd i'd want to jump on over there but the thing is he's gonna go in and he's there like chicago purposely tanked this year like they're like i'll publicly say that one because that's the one everybody knows like the 
Columbus Blue Jackets went for it. They just had injury issues and they couldn't connect this year. And they got talent on the team. Top D-man goes down. So they were actually trying to win this year. So, you know, and that may change Goudreau around. You could throw Bedard on that team. He may just say, hold on a second here, right? But Chicago, Chicago was just like, well, Taves, you know, long-term illness, Kane, you know, he's getting up there in years. We can't build around these guys anymore. They just looked at it and said, we're going to take our best shot at Bedard because you get Bedard and he can hold up in the league. You know, he's somebody to build around, you know? So the Oilers were in trouble and then McJesus swept on in, right? So, so anyway... (laughs) <laughs> so no, no, no. Cut, cut, cut back to um uh, Blue Jackets. I'm gonna call up my dad right now. That's his team, and we went to go watch the game against the Ducks. They're doing pretty good, and then I told my dad, I'm like, watch this. Third period, Ducks score, pulls goalie, keeps goalie pulled after they get scored on. Yeah. And what happens? They get scored on. They pull their goalie. Empty net gets scored on. They leave the goalie out of the net, and they get scored on again. And he he just looks at me and says, my team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's there's teams you just feel bad for because they're trying my to team's build amazing. It. OK, my team is like <laughs> what team is <laughs> yours? <laughs> Buffalo Sabres. As you say, we haven't lost. A, we haven't oh. lost a playoff series in 11 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's true. You have to make the playoffs to lose a playoff series. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Going back to like I was saying to, about his, his Sabres is just the the goaltending issue. Like they seem to generate enough and get going. But then. They just need a solid tendy back there. I think uh, you guys have almost as many losses as you do wins this year. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Were you guys I like can't 33 even... and 30 or something? I don't remember. <laughs> I, I can't chime in. Like so, Sam and I are the are, are basement dwelling lovers right now. But my team's got a really great excuse for it for the past two seasons. But uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> we'll get into that crap on the next episode too. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> yeah, man, that could be a, a secondary portion here. But Nate, what would you want a college program to know about you outside of like the stats you dropped in the beginning of the episode? There's kids with skill that don't love hockey. And then there's kids with a little less skill that love hockey. And I, I think I fall into just right between. All right. But I, I lean towards the kids that love hockey, like a hundred percent hockey is everything to me, but um, I'm here to, my biggest thing is my worth ethic. You know, I just working hard and whatever happens, happens. Like I went to every single game this year thinking if I grind out, all right, it's going to work out for me. And points will come. I, I didn't go into any games thinking, oh, you know, I have to carry the puck and I have to I have to shoot in order to get these points or anything. No, it, that's that's not what hockey's about. Hockey's about, you know, work, working hard. And from that hard work, you'll put up points and get better. Well, you stood out on the ice this year. I mean, that was that was clear when you because you started the season in Long Beach. Both you and Heath uh, that we already mentioned on this episode and we'll probably get back into. Both you and Heath started in Long Beach. Heath ended up uh, in Fresno and you ended up with the San Diego Sabres. But you stood out. I think you even made an impact with San Diego like your first game, if I'm not incorrect. Tell us a little bit about when you joined the San Diego Sabres and you joined that locker room. How did it feel hitting the ice with a new team? Uh, The boys were great. I actually talked to my coach, Tyler, Coach Tyler, yesterday. And I thanked him for letting me join the team. And he's like, nah, dude, you were a seamless fit. And that's honestly the best way I can explain it, because I they just 
immediately accepted me. Maybe, maybe it was that one-handed goal against them. I really don't know, but all the boys were just super happy I joined the team. And uh, it's it's that, that feeling when guys ask, hey, I want to play with you. You like you just feel great about joining a team. It just made me really happy, you know. That's sick. And ask Coach Tyler what his favorite team is. Oh, I have no clue what his favorite team is. Well, after the <laughs> podcast, ask him what his favorite team is. But all right, we'll ask. Oh, right, I'll Samuel. text him right now. Yeah. So, but the, the one yeah, thing yeah, though, yeah, see what the response is. Yeah, one thing though, Nate is the thing that you're bringing into this, and you can see this with players at any level, is the fun aspect, right? Yes. So. You know, when people aren't, you know, having fun playing the game, you can see it, right? You can see when players are clutching their sticks too much. You can see when they're, they look miserable out there, right? A player I'll pick on out for my team because I could see it was Cole Caulfield coming on in. Like, God, I just love watching him walk on in right out of college going to the AHL. It was ridiculous. I think he had, a what, two goals and three assists or something ridiculous in his first game. It starts with the Canadians. He's having a lot of fun. Next season, a bunch of injuries, but you can tell the coaching just wasn't there, right? You could see he looked miserable. You didn't see that famous Caulfield smile when he was on the ice. They make a coaching change to Martin St. Louis, and within two games, you can see that that fun back there, right? You could see it, the whole locker room type of, you know, change. So it's great, you know, when you're talking about work ethic, you know, the bridge on over to that too, that's a great you know, thing to bring to the table because, you know, when I used to coach, the biggest thing we looked for were people with good attitudes and coachability, right? Sometimes the guy with the top talent, you couldn't coach them, right? And you just knew at some point in their career that there was going to be an issue due to the fact that they wouldn't adjust their game because they happen to know more than a coach, right? Um, so, you know, bringing that to the table, good coach is always solid, but when you're going to be trying out for a junior, and people are going to want you. They're going to want to see that talent mixed in with your enthusiasm for the team and that work ethic, right? Because the truth is nothing really beats solid work ethic because we've seen so many players, you know, in this league end up being dominant just because of their work ethic. So great attributes to bring, you know, to any team out there. Uh, he responded, by the way. Awesome. What do you say? Uh-oh. Take a guess. It's one of our favorites. And uh, I'm going to put it this way. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up 33 29 and uh and 6. Yeah, he's from he's from Buffalo. Um we we chatted at the uh Vegas showcase. Um, Is he? Yeah, weirdly enough the the cuz at the uh what was it the Lifeguard Arena, they have the big yeah. old restaurant there and the guy working behind the bar said something about Niagara Falls and then I said something about Buffalo Niagara Falls and then coach Tyler came up and said who talked about Buffalo Niagara Falls and then I did and he's like, "Well, I was talking about." So the three of us are all literally from the same like trio of schools there. Um, That's awesome. But we were all in Vegas as odd as it was, but, uh, but uh, yeah, so it, it was interesting. It was fun to meet uh, coach Tyler and uh, hopefully he's there. And you, you already knew the answer then, didn't you? I did. I was setting you up. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> just, just be right. thankful that, that your Buffalo buddy responded fast, huh? It worked out for the podcast. It really did. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the off time for junior hockey players is is rare. But what's some some things that you like to do when you're not uh, when you're not playing hockey? So like right now, I coach ref and go to college. That's about all I do. Um, That's all I did during season as well. 
But uh, besides that, I mean, you know, they, I enjoy video games, but a lot of one main thing, I mean, California boy, you know, surfing. I enjoy surfing a lot. Um, nice. And honestly, there's just always something to do here. So just going out and hanging out with friends and we, we go to food like me and my buddies go to food like once or twice a week just because like none of us have time to hang out right now because full time college. So we'll just go get lunch or something. And that's about it. I like where your first response immediately after college was more hockey and more hockey. Well, if I'm not playing hockey or going to school, I'm coaching hockey or I'm refereeing hockey. But then, yeah, I have yep. a social life. Just a little bit. Out. I also like the thing that you're throwing out there about refing. So not only are you playing hockey, you got people yelling at you during hockey. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. So what do, you, what do you think of the refing experience? Um. It's it's definitely an experience. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> depending, I mean, honestly, getting yelled, that's hilarious to me. I, I find it absolutely amusing and entertaining. That's why um, if you watch the Fresno showcase, not showcase, Fresno uh, series with them, uh, you can see me just dying of laughter in the second game when we're losing. I was dying because of the fans. There, there were like 30, 40 year old moms and like 50, 60 year old just dudes like yelling and, and and one dude pulled his shirt up and rubbed it against the glass and 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 they're all just like telling us to get out and me and Ag, so Mario Paganini, were just dying. There's this photo of him staring at the glass like full ear to ear grinning laughing like it's so entertaining for me to get yelled at like that that's i enjoy roughing because i enjoy watching the game and i enjoy like helping out you know the community that helped me when i was growing up mm-hmm. but it's just entertaining to me some people get a little upset by it because how much they get yelled at but to me i just laugh the whole time no, it's good that you got that attitude because they're I know in a lot of youth sports programs alone, they're having a hard time with referees because they just don't want yeah. to go out there and have parents, you know, yelling at them constantly. Right. I even get caught up in it. I'll watch. The, the only thing I usually get pretty upset about is either a hard foul. My daughters play soccer or when they're calling a bad offside call. That's usually when I speak up or a, a clear handball. That the ref just let go. But even I sit back now and go like, "Don't be that youth dad. Like, don't don't be that guy. Don't be that yeah, guy it's, screaming it's you. at a ref in a youth. Yeah, in a youth Listen, game. Like, right? like even even the referees know like, yeah, it's youth hockey or like for us for us it's mainly beer league. We'll be like there'll be like some dude that gets angled into the boards and he wants a checking and we're like, dude, first off that's angling and he's like, no, it's not. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, let it be. Trust me, I know what I'm saying. Like it's just like. The biggest part about refing is the stupid stuff that people do and think that they get away with it. Uh, that's yeah. the biggest thing I've noticed about refing is like, dude, I was watching. I was staring at you. I told you, don't do it. And you still did it. <laughs> hey, so I'm just telling you right and I now. I still will. That, yeah. But I'll tell you this right now. That's <laughs> intro to parenthood when you get older. Just giving you a heads up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Trust hey, me. I, I, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, especially especially coaching 12 of you kids right now oh god you're like boys all right you you gotta get this done like like a four check or something we're like you gotta be here and here or else they're gonna pass it right here 
And what do they do that next shift? They don't go here and here, and the other team passes right through there. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's 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 hilarious. Well, the <laughs> I just have so many instances of that. Like the younger you get too, with the puck chasing was just hilarious. Trying to coach them out of the big grouping, right? It was just oh yeah, totally insane. Going okay, okay, let one guy go in. One person back, one person off to the side. Come on, we can do this. We can do this. You know, I loved coaching too. Um, wish I had more time for it. You know, there was hilarious moments. But my thing that I lived for was just the the breakthrough, right? When you just see one player finally get it, right? You know, when yeah. you're coaching something over and over and finally somebody picks up on it, right? Like that's what I lived for back then. And then oh, yeah. when, I, when I specialized in goaltending, it was just the same thing, right? Watching an older, older, you know, you know, player that really wanted to learn, right? Just get a concept and then nail it down in a game. That's what I live for. And that's what I love to do it. And it was the same thing, giving back to the hockey community, right? So, all right. So, you know, this would be a great way to seg into this. So what do you listen to? on your way to the game or in the locker room and when you're out of a game what do you listen to music wise well that's that's you know trade secret right there but um <laughs> hey uh, you don't have to give it away you don't have to give it away I'll, I'll tell you what i don't listen to country rap i don't listen to rap oh i don't listen to rap at all that's that's what that's the only thing that hypes it, me up man it it doesn't get me going nope. if anything it, it just I think it's boring. What? Like I, I don't, I don't enjoy rap at all. Are you listening to bluegrass you know, you know, going on? Ne- like, I'm saying going yeah, back yeah. to Chris here. Like, hey, if anybody's from Buffalo, I would be ex- Chris. I would have been expecting some '80s classic rock in there, man. Oh no, I love '80s classic rock. But oh, I'm saying, hyping <laughs> it for game time is always hip hop, 100. Just, just gotta, just gotta tie it into Buffalo, don't you? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. All I know is the people that loved country music didn't make any sense to me. From where I grew up, I'm like, I don't know. My whole family liked country, and I just didn't get it. I'm like, I doesn't make any sense to me. Like, my wife liking country music makes sense because of where she grew up. Me, I'm like, no. No. But I do love the 80s classic rock, and I do love uh, – I like a lot of music. It's just not country. Sorry. So when it comes down to it, just not country. I just can't do country. How about how about I give you like two songs I'll listen to before games? Will that will that, that, that suffice that, you? Oh, there that, we go. I like suffice. that. Let's do it. All right. So like uh, Glory Days by Fellowship, and then uh, like Blood in the Water. Uh, I I don't oh, know who yeah. who does that. Yeah, yeah that, that song's no, a banger. Yeah. Hell yeah, by Rev Theory is pretty good too. Well, Blood in the Water, um, you said right? By Grandson. I was thinking of a different song, but yeah, I like that one a lot too. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, okay, you got some good music choices as long as yeah. it's not country. Yeah. No, no, not not particularly country. I'm okay. Yeah, I, I Sorry, to country music listeners. <laughs> they, I gotta jump in for one more here though. What, what's one of your favorite chirps that you ever thrown out there? Or is that another trade <laughs> I was secret? Gonna say that's oh, a good one. Oh. Because I'm oh, telling you right now, uh, like after talking to Nate, Nate here just for the last. Half hour. You know I'm he's like, a chirp. I bet he's got some beauty chirps. Oh yeah. Did I? I run my mouth, but all right. So, um, I don't know. It's it's maybe like spur the moment things, you know. Like my brain fires so fast, like you should for hockey. That, you know, sometimes someone will just say something to you, and you'll just chirp back with something like, "Best chirp of the year." Uh, it just just came to me. So when we when we went up to Tahoe, 
Uh, once again, I got I got reminded by Sports Kids Seven One Two. All right, shout out uh, Gabriel Bullard. All right, so we lost the first game in OT, and the fans were just like going crazy on us after the game, like just screaming and everything. So then we come back the next day, and I, I, I'm I, I don't remember if we were down one zero. I, I can figure that out later, but we start winning, and I I think I. I put in one or two and I get off the ice, right? And the fans are quiet and I just stop moving. I look left, I look right, and I put my arms up and I'm like, where's all the screaming and yelling from earlier, guys? Come on. What happened? I thought we were a bad team. It was so funny because everybody, all the fans just like, like they were all talking just to each other and they all just went silent and my team went crazy one of my favorite trips of the year it was just crazy there's no setup yeah. and it's it's something that you have to learn like oh the, roll back to wave all right so i had these two older guys i always skated with nick nakagawa and sam Anza. those are like my older brothers for hockey like i skated with them so much and after stick times we would literally do chirping lessons right and <laughs> And I swear to God, I was so bad at it, all right, that they're like, all right, we're just going to start making fun of you, and you just start, you know, try, try and come up with something. And so then they gave me then they gave me a few rules, and I'm, I'm only going to say rule number one, because the other two, once again, are trade secrets, all right? Always involve the mom. <laughs> Always involve the mom was their rule number one. That was the first I – was, I was 11 or 12. And their first rule was always involve the mom. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And Quinn was in the locker room at that time, just laughing, having a good time. And he's like, and he just starts dying. He starts dying. I'm like, I'm like, coach, what's so funny? He's like, because the amount of mom jokes I've heard when playing and coaching is unreal. It was accurate then. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty accurate. But I mean, it's the easy I mean, like, isn't it, isn't it going to, like, wouldn't it piss you off if, you know, this kid with a cage is chirping you and then, you know, he just bodies you and then, you, or, or anything, or walks you and then he says something you can't do anything because he has a cage. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's my, one of my reasons I wear a cage. I also like my teeth. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah like, it, it's it's the one thing about hockey players. I gotta say though, Nate is it's the truth, right? We we the jock strap was invented before the helmet was, right? So yeah, uh, we're an interesting species. Yeah. So if not a chirp, and not yeah. hockey, what else would you most likely become famous for? Having diabetes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, dude, seriously. Like that—that's like the main joke of the locker room. Is like, buddy, is your pancreas working yet, or what? Like, it's so funny how many pancreas jokes people make. Like, like I'll chirp somebody, I'll chirp somebody on my on my own team, having fun, having a good time, and they're like, yeah, but at least my pancreas works. <laughs> God. Like if, if there's right. one thing after today you'll remember about you, you'll be like, oh, he has diabetes. <laughs> All right, Ben, if you're listening, buddy, we should have had you on this episode. I'm dumber than dude, a box. Oh, I don't. Dude, I I am totally a back and forth guy. Like 
I. All right, we're getting you. I am not funny on my own. Well, we got to throw Goldie in the mix too, so we got to. Oh God! Speaking of Heath Goldsmith, (laughs) so (laughs) I love that kid. He's he's awesome. But so he he's trying to get me to go out there to shoot on him over summer. So I call him like a few days ago, telling him I'm gonna be on the pod, and then we get into the the talk about Fresno and just how we were going to play each other. And I'm like, yeah, when I, when I learned I was going to play Fresno, I'm like, Oh, nice. I hope they play Heath. Cause I, <laughs> I have his number, you know, I, I know where to put it on him. Um, so we're, we're on the phone and, and I tell him, I'm like, I'm like, dude. So when I learned I was playing you, I worked on a few different, you know, different things just so I could pull out something new. And you'd be like, what just happened? So I, I worked on this thing where I'd walk in on the right. So normally I'm never one to like do a move over and over. I, I I truly play based on what's going on around me and then controlling the situation. I like changing the speed up of the game. That's how I was taught to play hockey is like controlling. And I'd walk in and I'd pull the puck all the way from the right side of my body. Like I'm going to go short side high uh, and I pull it into my feet, pull up my left shoulder and rip over the far shoulder, hitting right behind the crossbar and elbow and that back bar. And I'd hit it. And I got super consistent at that just so I could pull that on Heath Goldsmith. I wouldn't say short, but I just know where he drops. So I'm like, all right. So I worked on the shot. And then he didn't even play. <laughs> but when, when I told him that, he's like, dude, I just knew that when we played you, if I was in that, you're going to pull something. And, and I'd just be there and it'd be in the back of my net. And I'd just be like, what just happened? <laughs> Before we wrap up the episode, we also kind of want to briefly touch on the fact that the finals are coming up in the USPHL. Four teams are representing the West at Nationals in Utica, New York, this upcoming week, starting on the 23rd. And they're going to be the Vernal Oilers out of the Northwest Division, the Las Vegas Thunderbirds out of the Pacific Division, and then the Mountain Division is sending both the Utah Outliers and the Ogden Mustangs. Boys, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, personally, I'm most familiar with Vernal, and their team is just absolutely stacked from top to bottom. So I'm not, I'm not shocked that they... They ran over my Royals, and then they—I didn't even see what they did to Seattle, but I'm assuming that they—they they won all those games too. So they did um, not. Oh, they didn't. No, they. Uh, Seattle took them down in the second game. Okay, well, hey, yeah. kudos to Seattle. Seattle's got a lot of talent on that team too. Uh, but yes. Vernal, Vernal far and away has been the best team all season, and um, I believe that the Royals—I want to say the Royals played the Thunderbirds at the showcase, but I might be wrong about that. And I think that we got, I think we got destroyed. So I hope that, you know, some of these teams can make some noise out East. I know that Vernal plays like a very good team in the, I think it's the Americans, right? Oh, Vernal's, Vernal is facing, Vernal probably has the toughest. When I saw what they got paired against, I'm like, did they literally just pick like, I mean, none of the teams that made it to nationals are bad teams, but the, I mean, the teams that they're facing, uh, what is it? I think they're facing Toledo and New York. Uh, I'd have to watch a Dan K show special again, but they broke it down. And um, yeah, I just saw who they were facing. And I'm, I think they're facing New York and Toledo. I could be wrong. Listeners don't, don't 
Don't strike me now. I think I think you're but, right. I was I was just looking at it. I think I think And those right. teams are unbelievable this year. I mean, Toledo's been one of the best teams all year if not near the top at the top. And New York this year has just been another beast. Uh, they took down the national champions to make it into the national championship this year. So uh, as the Rockets were last year's national champions. So Vernal is going to have a fight. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they are able to do at nationals. But, I mean, they're a strong team. They almost took down Ogden. I think they took Ogden in overtime. They've taken down some of the better teams in the West this year and they've only had a couple losses so it's it's really going to be if all the boys show up i know they don't have the full roster they've had all year as their captain and arguably one of their best players went pro so oh, who was that you know, uh kyle russell oh yeah, yeah i remember went, him earlier in the season yeah he went pro i believe back in january so it's uh still been a, an amazing team all year and if they're healthy i mean i i fear for toledo and new york but uh it's all the looking, looking at all the matchups, it's who, it's who, it's whoever's gonna show up. If you, if you don't show up, you might be going home. You can't, you can't afford an off period. I think at nationals, or uh, you're gonna get eliminated because the teams are so strong this year. And I think the way they actually formatted it this year is way better than it's been in years past. So, because I think they all played two games the first two days. Uh, and then two teams get eliminated off of that because 18 teams advance. So that 16 teams advance out of the 18, and then it doesn't matter who's playing who. It's, there's no restrictions, of, as, as they said, I think, on, again, Dan Case uh, reveal. If the two teams out of the Mountain Division end up in the same group right out the gate, they're going to have to face each other to eliminate each other. It's going to be, you know, show up or shut up. That's kind of how they set it up this year. And if you blow out a team, it doesn't help you either. Winning matters. Putting up a couple touchdowns on a team doesn't give you an edge over a team that didn't. Keeping the puck out of net and winning uh, is what's going to push you forward. And I think that's the way it should be. Putting up a a touchdown on a team that made it there and fell flat. Nobody wants that game. Those are boring as hell. Not for the players. What are you talking about? I would love to play in a touchdown game and nationals. Oh yeah. No, those are okay. As a fan, that's not. It it doesn't bring any better. It does. It's not good hockey when a team gets just. Well, yeah, it might not be fun to watch, but it's fun to play in. If you're on the winning side. Of course it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's. uh, I don't know. I'm hoping for a good. A good route there at the Nationals and uh, and some entertaining hockey. But, boys, I'm going to wrap up this episode here. So we do, again, want to thank Nate Compton, a forward for the USPHL San Diego Sabres, for once again jumping on today. Thanks for letting me come on. I had a lot of fun. Thanks for jumping on. We also uh, want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to reach out if you're in the junior collegiate hockey world and wish to get on a future podcast. And also make sure to follow us on Twitter at PHH Official or on Instagram at PHH Podcast to let us know what you think. This is the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Steve and Sam. Have a great one, hockey fans. Take care. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.